Hello, Farah. Um, welcome to Al Anonymous. I'm Al. Anonymous. Yeah. It's really funny because you tagged my podcast on Instagram, and I think you meant to tag Al Anon. And and then I was that like enabled me to message you. And I actually can't believe you agreed to come on this podcast. Oh my gosh. Well, I think out of our 12 steps and incorporating them in all of our affairs, I think it led us to one another no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I'm just grateful to be able to talk about the 12 steps, to talk about all this stuff with you because it's, it has changed my life and I'm sure it's changed yours. We talked a little bit about that. Uh And so I'm just so grateful to be here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Grateful too. So, so you're still in Austin because you just got out of a treatment center. Yes, I got out of a trauma treatment center. And you know what? I just got my certification of completion. And it was actually, so here's that. Ah, I'm so, so pumped about wait, it. Wait, right? you get a certificate for completing the 12 steps? Well, it was a 28-day program. Nice. And it wasn't intensive. And by no means, it was not free. So I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I would love to have a certificate. Like, yep, I did it. I've been on, yeah. I've been on step one for like, over a month now. Yeah, well, I'm grateful to hear that. But so this is saying I have a certification of intensive healing program that incorporates the 12 steps. So in everything I do, and there's also great books um, like on Amazon about trauma and the 12 steps. So that's what I live by. Cool. So you went there in March, you did a 28 day intensive. Why'd you go? What made you go? Okay, so over this last year, I was traumatized to say the least. I had a bunch of different things that had happened to me. The first thing was a sexual assault. And then the fear of that, as we learn, like in the 12 steps of like letting go of our fears, Mm -hmm. um, specifically in the fifth step of the 12 steps, letting it all go and getting those character defects out. Because my foot was still stuck in a hole of fear Uh of a man it really attracted a lot of other men to attack me this year. And it basically got so severe that I started having PTSD. I started having OCD. To say the least, I was no longer the Farrah Abraham that people know and love and me myself know and love. And I literally was like, I've lost myself. And it was very like, I was in like grieving mode because of that. So anyways, that is why I went there. And by the end of my 28-day term, I will say I was PTSD-free. I had no more OCDs. Um, I also got a brain scan to understand, you know, where my brain is still stuck. So to say the least, I am grateful. It made my year, if not my life. And I'm so happy to accomplish that. That's amazing. I'm really happy for you. I'm glad you got to do that. But wait, when I hear about PTSD, I... Because I've never experienced it, it's it's hard for me to really understand. But I liked how you said that you were grieving, like you were grieving yourself because you weren't yourself. 
I read somewhere that you were just like, you checked out, you were ignoring people for almost a year because you just like didn't want to deal with it. I tried to just, I couldn't stand throwing big birthday parties. My last birthday, I normally would have had a huge gathering like they normally do. I literally only invited my parents. I can't uh-huh. be around everyone. So there was just large changes. And in hindsight, like now that I know after the program, I actually didn't make the best choice for me. And it mm-hmm. wasn't something to grieve, but I also didn't really understand the 12 steps within my life of my Christianity or my higher power. And now I even watch church differently. I read all these success books about grieving, bereavement, all of these books. Uh-huh. And, you know, even Brene Brown, she did the 12 steps and she's writing about each of the steps in each of her different books. And if others have these tools to understand things and connect things better, they probably wouldn't go into shame spirals or grieving like I have, being stuck in bereavement. You know, I lost the love of my life when I was 17 and or 16 or something. I was pregnant at the time. And that had me stuck for a while. And I didn't understand when I was at the center that most people with disorders like ADD, ADHD, um, bipolar and some other situations, they are more susceptible to find themselves with addiction personalities, uh, perfection addiction, like I probably had because of work stresses, right? So you'll start grabbing like alcohol, like I've done, you'll start grabbing drugs, like I've done, you'll start doing a lot of things because of the brokenness or the disconnection within yourself. I have to say, when I got my brain activity scan after the center, and I left there, it showed on my brain activity scan, I was ranked high for having like a drug or alcohol addiction, which I don't have. And I just like, to me, that was like an aha moment of how strong and how just much healthier I am internally, because uh-huh. normally I would have been like, I deserve, you know, self-indulgent things. I deserve to go on a trip. I deserve to drink. I have resentment because other people are drinking, but you know what? Those other people aren't me. And mm-hmm. I also got to see in the trauma module, how great it is to connect with our inner child again and self-regulate. I missed self-regulating so much. And I'm just so grateful about that. So, so self-regulating, that is that kind of like doing things in moderation and knowing when enough is enough? Because as an addict myself, I can't self-regulate. I need like hard rules, like the 12 steps, like the program. Is that, is that like, is that what you mean by self-regulating? Like how does how do the steps show up in your life like day to day? I have to say I 12 step everything I do. So like I 12 step from business meetings. I 12 step all of my business like opportunities. I even 12 step when it comes to difficult communication problems. And I got to express that even at the center and there's always success. It just depends on what worksheets and belief. So we went through a lot of belief challenging worksheets, like challenger belief worksheets. And that really got me through any of my traumas um, when it's, you know, whether it's like abusive parents or like a sexual assault or attacks, or if you're in the army or whatever, those challenging beliefs, whatever you want to work on all of them, you know, and also being on the phone after you list people who you might have resentments with and you're on 
like your fifth step and you're talking to someone over the phone, mm-hmm. as you're repeating yourself, you're like, oh my gosh, I've been doing the same thing. I've been hitting my head the same way. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're attracting the same stuff. And I would hate to say, oh my God, my view of life was attracting the same thing, the thing that I was fearful of, the thing that I didn't want. And to honest God, you got to get over the fear so you don't attract it anymore. And that's what I think the power in the pen. As a, as a New York Times bestselling author, and as someone who Congratulations. knows how to write, Yeah, thank you. As someone who knows how to write and do things, you know, from screener and everything else, how could I forget to simply write the things out that I'm feeling in my head that I could not regulate? I couldn't get my emotions down. I couldn't, you know, control some things anymore that I used to. When you, when you say, like, you 12-step a business meeting or, like, 12-step any... When you approach something by 12-stepping... Are you referring to practicing gratitude and acceptance and empathy? What does that yeah. look like when you're 12 stepping? I just have never heard that term before, like in oh, that wow. context. Okay, so that's how I win all my court cases. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, just so you know, <laughs> I guess I really never knew how good at 12 stepping I was when it came to business. When now I know the 12 steps and like, just like biologically or like our human condition, I was doing that. And mm-hmm. also there's, um, there's some sheets. I don't know if you guys have had this, uh, but number one is holding people accountable, right? So you have to hold people accountable in all things that they do, you know, treat people with love and kindness. It really goes through and breaks down all of those steps and what you get from that. And also I have my sheets out and I have my books out because I do have ADD, so I have like super bad short-term memory. What I think was really amazing is this faulty thinking, the 15 cognitive distortions. Oh, yes. Yeah, so it's fallacies. And in my law program that I'm in right now, we talk about all sorts of fallacies. And we have to be able to see those in order to obviously understand us, our clients, and how to win. Um, (laughs) So just like filtering uh, polarized thinking, overgeneralizations, jumping to conclusions, catastrophes, emotional reasoning, uh, fallacies of change. So I think I really hone in on the steps of accountability, loving kindness, everything like that. And also there was one that really popped out to me one night and it was basically like not being like a problem maker, but a problem solver, like be ready for the next steps. Like, you know, faith without works is dead. So you need to like really put into action and more action Uh of what's the next best step. And I think, you know, when I was at even the center and I had no cell phone, could not work, da-da-da-da-da. All of these steps still played into part with no internet, no nothing. It's nice, vacation. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) inner of ourselves and the business knowledge that you can apply to even this, not even your love life, your emotion life. It's everything with 12 steps. Yeah, well... That worksheet with the uh, distorted thinking and the fallacies, yeah. that, that is, um, I'm pretty sure that that's a uh, facet of CB, cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. What, yeah. Did you do a lot of group with, with that in the treatment center, like group yes. stuff? Yeah, yes, I did so- that in the hospital and that's when I learned how to do it. And that's when I decided that I needed, I, right, I can live my life like better like everything I'm telling myself is like wrong you know (laughs) yes which I love so cognitive behavioral therapy there's also apps that I've used before I went to the center but I didn't really like there's something that I just want to say like in my life 
it's not that I didn't see CBT apps or I didn't hear about EMDR or I, you know, I was actually researching heavily deep. When I say deep, I was going to every doctor. I had chronic body pain. I had things that doctors literally acted like weren't happening to me. So when I say like some things are just so severe and I'm researching everything that I can, but mm-hmm. guess what? Nothing ever brought me to a trauma center. You know how I got to the trauma center? Tell it me. was somebody from work. I was literally traumatized by going back to work and I was also attacked on there. And it was so cutthroat to me that like, I was like, okay, I'm never working with these people again. I had to just be honest about that I was attacked again. And they, my bosses saw that. And that's when, you know, and I also got suicidal again and I had to be put on medication. It's, you know, not a happy place to be when you're in a shame spiral, like we learn about. By the way, um, so yeah, my work actually brought up the center. I'm gonna knock everything down because I'm so excited. But there is this book that everyone can get on like Hazelden, um, H-A-Z-E-L-D-E-N.org. So shame face, the shame spiral is so important. Like you'll even read this in like Brittany Brown books, okay? So the shame face book pamphlet, super fast read, that really woke myself and tied it in with how I got to the dark place that I got to. Wow. I mean, I think the reason that people don't want to do the 12 steps is because it's a lot you have to deal it's so shameful it's so humiliating it feels so bad but like you have to do a shame spiral to get to rock bottom to get you to the treatment center almost you know and i have to say everyone at the center who i was with had their own low point right so uh, my low my low point you know, might not look like a low point to others. And I think, you know, a lot of people were saying that to me when I was at the center. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I think we very much learned humility. Like you're like, this is humiliating, but the more humility you have, you can accept yourself. It's the biggest act of love, of self-love to be in a 12-step program and understand truly how to apply this in love, how to make the best relationships, how to be the best mom or the best friend that you could be. And also holding others accountable so you attract the best of the best people that you deserve. But yes, a lot of people thought I didn't have a low point. Right. And I have to say, like, if my low point is even, you know, like 20 stories above the ground and I'm in a penthouse, but I'm suicidal, I fear men, I can't go out, I stopped yeah. working, people wonder where you are. And I literally was like, just like, talking really negative things to myself rumination like all these things that aren't me just took over yeah and so on now that i so much yeah i i know that feeling very well yeah good so i don't think anyone needs to be like well and this is also what i learned right and that's the thing we think we know what low points are but truly everyone's is different you know like my my daughter's father passed away and I vividly remembered when I was in one of these classes and we were looking at scales. There is a scale of warnings to say like, maybe we need to go to a recovery. Maybe we need to like check into some trauma therapy or maybe like there's a 12 steps, you know? And my sister, when I lost like the love of my life, she said, you know, like some of his actions, like he had that coming, but sometimes we just don't have the will 
to see because we are so enamored in our own self-will, right? That's, yeah. And that's what the 12 steps is all about. Self-will. Get out will, of your self-willing. Riot. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like God is in control. I, I'm not, you know, in charge of my day and you know, I need to really step back. And I got to see that scale in person in a class with other people. And that's when I realized, you know, all the signs were there. Uh -huh. I need to let go of this. I did the right thing. I gave back a ring. You know, it talks about divorces and breaks up, breakups. Uh -huh. I gave back an engagement ring. Um, Congratulations. So yeah, you know, <laughs> thank you. But it is very insightful when you try to do the right things and you can't guilt yourself anymore. But also I was like, well, I'm not that bad. Like I'm not doing drugs and getting drunk every day. I'm still not that bad. No, I don't need to go to a center. No, I'm not that bad. And that's mm -hmm. when I need to say like, how bad do you want it to get? How bad do you need to see yourself get before you just accept the help and the graciousness of the 12 steps and what is here right in front of us every day? And you know what? Just to be honest, now that I know that I don't have to get any worse, that I don't need to be bad to go get, you know, the 12 steps in my life, I was like, my daughter deserves to have the 12 steps in her life and her mother to teach her that. And as a parent, Ooh, I feel wow. like, that yeah, I feel like it's the most pro beneficial. Yeah, pro parenting. <sighs> it's the most beneficial thing that I could give my child in her life because it's helped save her mom's life. Right. And I also feel like it sets her up for better relationships, better friendships. I was even scared. I was like, I'm gonna have to send my daughter with a bodyguard everywhere. And there's a story in the big book about a man who needs a bodyguard everywhere. And now mm -hmm. I feel safe enough where I don't need one. It's a blessing, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still good to, you know, be alert at everything. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, I live in New York City, and um, I never carried pepper spray until recently when I was assaulted. I never okay. thought I would ever need it. And that was, yeah. like, that was pretty crazy. But I I don't think I experienced PTSD, except I, I like, refused to go down the street that I was on when it happened. So but that's a little bit, that's a little bit like, yeah, that's affected you. So I don't, yeah, but I also went to a, yeah. So I also went to a rape victim center and I got mm -hmm. um, five to six months of therapy. So, you know, when I say I did try everything I could before trauma therapy, I did. Uh -huh. um, and not to say that I still don't have therapists, but there's something about going to a center and disconnecting and really connecting with those 12 steps. But again, when you don't go on the same street that you walk on, that is PTSD. Right. I, th I feel like I've been <laughs> convincing myself that it's nothing, you know? And that's but what we do. That's and what that's we what do. we women do. Mm -hmm. um, that's interesting. And I'm sorry. To, yeah. And I'm sorry. No, to you just like that. I just realized that just now talking to you. That's funny. I love that. I love the conversation. <laughs> little breakthrough you. here. Thank you, Farah. It's so fifth step of us. It's so fifth step. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so are you, do you still go to meetings? Like, yes. Like, yeah. So this amazing. is also something I wanted to go meet in person at a meeting because actually we had been doing meetings on zoom and kind mm -hmm. of that thing. So yeah, they actually opened up our meeting place, um, with my alumni and Cute. I got to, yeah. So it was so refreshing. It was so cool. But I also then started learning a different side of alumni meetings. And I say that in a sense of 
you know, I gave it my all when I was at that center. Like I came to work on myself uh-huh. yeah. and I only wanted the best for everyone. And, you know, I wrote everyone letters. I left there with, you know, with also receiving letters and it was so healing and it was so great. And you only, you know, you want to see people who yeah. you root for to get better in your meetings. Yeah, and that's you root the for 12, them. To, 12 step. Yeah. yeah. And you just root for them, right? Just even for yourself, but you root for them. And when I heard, you know, some people already relapsed. When I heard a lot of negative things, you know, you also realize, you know, checking in with people can make all the difference. And I did check in with those who I heard negative things that was positive. But I also got to see a lot of them in person, you know, give them rides, be like, hey, let's hang out. Yeah, no, it's a nice, like, uh, social gathering, too. Yeah. <laughs> you can so wear outfits. Just, yeah, and I love that. You know, I I, it's, I don't even know if it reminds me of church. You know, I just love being among people who just want good for each other and focus on that. Mm-hmm. It's it's a beautiful thing. The, the love and compassion and the empathy in those rooms are, they're great. And also they are available to everyone for free. Like they're, especially in New York City, but like, you know, all, all over the world, you can go to these media meetings and every, they're the nicest people in the world. They will accept you, they've been there, they get you. And going back to what you said about um, how you could be in a penthouse and you are suicidal and that's your, like, it doesn't look like someone else's rock bottom when they're like homeless, like passed out or getting their stomach pumped, you know? I I feel like rock bottoms, like sobriety, are subjective because every single person is different. And the way I approach sobriety, I do whatever works for me. So like I take Adderall for my ADHD every day. And I know people in the program would be like, nope, that is... That is a drug you can't do. But as long as it's not a problem and it helps me function, I feel like that's the same sobriety that someone would get, you know, the same. So I feel the same sober, that fully sober, sober, technically people would feel. So I just, yeah, wanted to say that. So I'm oh, yeah. here on Al Anonymous, very open-minded like I, you could do, you could smoke weed and still be sober. You could, you know, I. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Do, you know what? Do whatever works for you. I have to just say like on my personal journey that I have um, because of this whole year of craziness, right. I've literally probably tried every drug that mm-hmm. you could try. And I have to say, I've ended up at the end of the year being on non-stimulants. I know Wellbutrin is one that a lot of people take that's a non-stimulant, but you know what? It does not, it might make some people manic. Um, you know, people with um, bipolar disorder, they definitely sometimes are manic with it. Mm-hmm. So I just say there's always non-stimulant alternatives that oh, yeah. will will work with your chemistry. And I just saw, you know, at the center, a lot of beautiful things happening when people were off stimulants. I just have to say, you know, I also heard at the center from women who, you know, were heroin addicts and some other things mm-hmm. that they did start with Adderall. And I do feel like when I was on Adderall, it felt like I was definitely on a drug. Uh-huh. So whatever works for your body chemistry, but I think just being aware of those things, like even my dad, who's, you know, dabbling with different depression medications, mm-hmm. 
Like when I say like I went through the ringer this year, like to the point where I had whelps on my back for some of these medications that are stimulants not working for me. I was, you know, tired. I couldn't even drive. Like my skin was like really sickly looking. So I don't, I don't play around with giving suggestions about non-stimulants because I've seen that. I was letting medication rule my life and that still didn't save me. I still went like down in a spiral, but the um, only thing that did save me was a non-stimulant. So I just share that and put it in your pocket, whoever hears it. <laughs> I want to grab, I want to grab these supplements mm -hmm. because we're talking about ADD. So I'm all about natural. Mm -hmm. So this is also in the book um, that I read for my ADD for adults from Amen Clinics, which is A-M-E-N Clinics. And they're, they have a lot of different offices, maybe even in New York. Um, so this is for brain, mood, and sleep, F-H-T-P, F-H-T-P. And this has a lot of calcium in it. And again, it's all natural. Um, so yeah, this is one of their top things that they recommend. Mm -hmm. Loves it. Uh -huh. Okay, and then this I also got, um, and you you do not need to get the same brands. Like if anyone's super interested, this is by Brain MD, um, by Daniel Amen, the MD who I went to his clinic with, mm -hmm. and this is called Focus and Energy promotes mental sharpness and productivity. It works. Love that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what? Wait, what's in it? Um, and then also, what's in this one? So. Colleen green tea extract, uh, Sensoril, which is ashwagandha extract. Mm -hmm, um, there's mm -hmm. also Rodial, Rosé extract, Panix, ginseng extract. And you know, the weirder thing was I kept buying different things this year, which was some of these ingredients, but it wasn't the right formula. Uh -huh. So I think that's why I'm having a better uh, interaction with this and I'm back to work, so. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. It's funny because the, the way you were describing um, you on stimulants was exactly how I felt when I was on Wellbutrin. So it's just oh, like yeah. really funny. Yeah. So again, it's all dependent on your genetics. Mm -hmm. But again, just watch out because of the mania. And look, I could be I could have been feeling, you know, mania on Adderall, but somebody else can be like, this is my feline, like this is my flat area and this right. is what works for me. So by yeah. no means, there's no judgment either way. I just want everyone to be happy, sleep well, you know, have Same. a good life. You deserve Same. it. Okay. So also two other little things, yes. not to mention, I'm sure there's more in the ADD book, but um, the brain MD is called GABA calming support. So calm for the overactive mind, which I have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love and then that, also though. I'm sure everyone's heard of this if not by now but L-tricine L-tricine uh -huh. is awesome so if you don't want to take any medications you can do just natural supplements and it works do you take them all at once oh yeah I, yeah. I take everything <laughs> yeah I take everything together with some food of course you know sometimes I do some in the morning and at night yeah. Um, it just depends what you, what anyone needs. So everyone is different. I want to just express that. Yes. <laughs> and also so important to take it with food because the nausea that happens when you don't eat, taking all those pills. Yeah. Is... I have a sensitive stomach. So even if I take vitamins and supplements, those things, I got to eat. Eating is good for you. I love eating my three great. meals. A... Yeah. Three eating meals. A... Great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you learn, um, meal prep three meals a day in the treatment center just wondering yes i did and Very how cool. important that is and by the way 
Like, I feel like also like women and men and also just understanding our culture. Like a lot of people think like who they are is connected to how much money or their work that they're doing and whatever to feel productive. And it's like, can you honestly answer that you know yourself separate from your money and your job? Mm. And if your identity goes into all that and you have nothing else, it's like, where are you? Where's yeah. you? And so I really feel like I used to use work as a coping mechanism to not be depressed or sad about losing like the love of my life yeah. or just like some things I couldn't handle. And now I'm just like, you know what? If something's undone today, it's undone. I deserve great sleep. I need three meals a day. And even today, like I had ladies, you know, try to hit me up during lunch and I'm like, okay, well, if I'm working during lunch, I'm eating as well. So I was not going to compromise the things that I know work for me. And I know it's so easy to say, oh yeah, I know like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but half the time when I got out of the center and I was back at home, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't believe how many mornings I started missing breakfast again. And I literally like ran myself dead. And I was like, you know what? It's work. Work is bumping my 12 steps. And even though I love it, I'm like, this cannot happen because I don't want to run myself down again. So I'm really serious about, you know, waking up in the morning, hitting that like prayer meditation, uh, the big book readings that I love. Uh And I'm really serious about the breakfast, lunch and dinners. I'm so serious about not forgetting like work ethic, which is actually going on right now, (laughs) work (laughs) ethic. And then, you know, doing your daily night, they're called nightlies, but they're like reviews. So it's like, did I have resentments today? What did I fit in my slice of life? Um, And there's also like a good, nice prayer at the end of that. And then writing some notes. So I I feel like that helps with the sleeping too. Like it so helps with the sleeping, emptying your head, you know? Yes, yes. So uh, it's just been healing all the way around. You can't bump it. You can't knock it. It's just so good. Oh my gosh. It's so great that you came out on the other side of this like fucked up year you've had. And honestly, like losing yeah. the like love of your life, you know, like. There's actually a lot of loss at the center. You know, when yeah. I was there, ladies and gentlemen, there, you know, I actually had people who recognize me from my TV show there. And I was like, out of all people in places, these people with disconnection, <laughs> they know me. But here's the funnier thing. When a woman got out of detox, she came down for um, that day and she was going through like chronic crying, which I had been through at a time in my life when I was very new into bereavement of loss of someone. Mm-hmm. And she, like, I stopped eating my lunch that day because she also was like, not wanting to stay for the full treatment. She felt because of her crying and her outbursts, like she couldn't handle it. And I just had to step aside and phrase all of our 12 steps and how I wish I had those when I initially lost someone that I loved because, whoa, it would have saved me a lot of grief, a lot of taking drugs, a lot of doing drinking, a lot of partying, a lot of just throwing myself into work to keep like covering up something that I just needed to like really connect with right down, like in these sheets and really get those beliefs out of my mind and the agreements and the lies that I told myself and then came into agreement with it and just stack those things. You know, I just want to say this because I don't know if anything's going to really hit home with the loss of a loved one, but I know this when I went through the beliefs charts and some of these sheets, 
I told myself when I lost the love of my life that I will not have any other relationships because I failed at this relationship. And when I brought up earlier, like I finally got to see for the first time a scale of what, like, oh, those are warnings of recovery. Those are things that would happen naturally in those like levels of like, woo, like you're gonna have to go to recovery. Mm-hmm. That's when I broke that chain of agreeing with that negative thought in my head that has obviously taken up over a decade of my life. Mm-hmm. And I allowed myself to actually be more open than ever in my life to meeting good men, good and honest, you know, people who I can hold accountable, not just like dating men who are married where there's no accountability and I don't yeah. have to be scared of it. But that's why that happens. You know, that is why that happens because you're not holding anything accountable because you're not ready for that. So I just wanted to speak kind of an example over people because that is what others who have been broken, who have just lost loves over their lives, why they were at the center when I was there. And they were just trying to hop right into another relationship with no accountability. Mm -hmm. And as I guess as a OG, I just (laughs) wanted to say, you know what? I don't judge you, but I've really gone through it. I mean, like I'm 14 years later in it with a child. Luckily, some of these people didn't have a child through it, but they're still going through it. They're still going through bereavement. They're still going through loss. And they're still saying lies to themselves that they come to agreement with and believe and then play that out in your life. So what reality do you want to live? I would hope nobody wants to live the reality I had. And that's why I said something and I spent my lunch and I talked to this woman about that. So I'm just grateful. You know, God gave me so many opportunities with the right people. And also it was a very weird experience because, you know, I went in and scared of men and God just kept sending like men, man after man after man. Like there was what 19 men fit into one bunk and there was only four women, including me. And Very it's like, ratio. I have to my, yeah, I didn't have to share <laughs> my room, but the men were like bunked up. And I have to say like, you know, there was a sexual assault attorney that was in there with me, top of our top in our nation. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of other women with ADD, other disorders. There was a lot of other men and women who talked about being sexually assaulted. So I just want to say many people want to put me in that group of people. They say I'm too good, but I have to say with humility, kindness, and just like, authenticity. I deserved to be in a room with every single one of those great people. And I understand every single, every single thing that everyone was going through. And I have to say like, that speaks volumes for what our society is going through. And it's happening to like the majority of us. And we are not talking about things. So I was grateful and I was proud for the men who talked about things. They weren't worried about looking like pussies about showing their emotions. They deserve to show their emotions. Women, you know, they weren't concerned about looking crazy. They deserve yeah. to show their emotions. Yeah. So you don't have to be a pussy or nuts to show your emotions. It's like you're doing the biggest, kindest act of self-love in your life Absolutely. by connecting, writing things down, saying them out loud, uh, connecting with like-minded people who just, you know, want to work through some things. So God bless the experience. No, that's beautiful. And it, just being honest feels so freeing. Like the freedom that I feel from being honest is so wild, you know? Like lying to your, you don't even realize that you've been lying to yourself for so long until you have, until you make the decision to 
change your thinking, therefore changing your life, changing your behaviors, you yes. know? I want to know the thing that was asked to me most, especially by men at the center, was like, Farah, how do you handle all of those lies spoken on you? Farah, like, how do you even know if someone truly likes you then? Like, how do you know what's real? And that's something wow. all of us actually have to cross the bridge on. It's not just me. It's not just public figures. It's all of us. Yeah. And I said to the gentleman who had asked me that, I go, well, that's why I think this is so important because I normally have a great sense of like intuition, which the 12 steps even hones on more is intuition. And I'm like, you know, if I don't understand where 12 steps is coming in, I got really lost. I had a lot of, I had a lot of bad friends, even the ones who set me up to get assaulted. Um, and I go, so now I really am just so fortunate that I have these things, but I go, it was never the millions of people who told me I was a bad mom that affected me. It was never the millions of people who were like, oh, you're Derek would be rolling in his grave today about what you did. It wasn't the millions of people who call me a porn star when I'm not that affected me. You know, it was the lies that I said to myself that I believed that screwed me up and got me into agreement with a shame spiral, with lies, with not being my most authentic self. And I always used to answer that in like news and press, like, you know what? I don't have time for what other people are saying to me. I'm like, I got so much real stuff going on in my life. I don't even have time for this, but it's not about like being mature, not having time. It's about actually working through it, making yeah. time for it and getting through it. So that's why I love the trauma center and the 12 steps and like all the writing and stuff. Yeah. It is a lot of work. You know, it's a lot of work. You have to do it every single day. And yeah, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's work, you know, <laughs> but it becomes muscle memory. And I think exactly. that's what I'm saying to some exactly. degree. It's like, you know, I might not know like all the words and everything because of my disorders, but I will say it's become muscle memory. It's becoming muscle memory every day to the point where like, you know, I saw one of the girls who I was in the center with, she could say the morning prayer out of the big book and not even read a page. She had that muscle memory memorized in her head. She could act like she's speaking like British. She can oh. sing it. <laughs> it was so amazing yeah. when you just see how in different ways things will just start being muscle memory. You don't even got to look at a book. Oh. You don't have to understand each 12 steps. You just like naturally go for it and you gravitate towards it. That's amazing. As soon as you are doing the work or doing all the, all of these things, opportunities are just thrown at you and it really is <laughs> magical thinking you know like brain brainwashing in a good way you know <laughs> but, i have to say though it's just like divine timing it's really divinity you're attracting it you're living mm -hmm. by it so you will only attract the best people who are also living by that so uh, again, God bless that. I'm so blessed and I'm so happy for so many others. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, and I'm so glad that we were brought together somehow. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 12 steps, thank you for just showing the goodness, you know? Yeah, so do you think once you got out of treatment, you were funnier? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but I would I'm... have to say, I would have to say yes, because mm -hmm. now I'm starting my um, comedy yeah. touring and work, which is, 
you know, not something I actually envisioned for my career, but you know, it was just like, I was like, I started being me again and it just woke up. And yeah, <laughs> no, I feel like, I feel like comedy is the most real thing, most authentic thing you could do because yeah. I mean, I feel like most comedians are so depressed and they're really yes. good at making light of like their horrible experiences. I I mean, that's, that's what I find that, right? funny anyway. Yeah. I don't know. And something about in the 12 steps about holding things accountable, just being mm -hmm. authentic, saying it for what it is, but also like. I'm not really a depressed comedian, <laughs> you know? I'm no, like, yeah, but you have experiences that... I need to bring myself get to that low of extent. No, I'm probably going to come in the happiest damn comedian. But, but I'm also still going to, you know, poke fun at my life. Like, maybe my life has been a joke. Yeah. And so I'm there with it. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's good. That is, that is good. You should work that into your routine. Yeah. Um, I actually, wait, I want to send you a shirt. I'll ask you... Um, I have merch yep. and stuff. I'll ask you after we're done podcasting, but I want to show you this shirt that I have that I feel like you would appreciate. Show me. Life is painful. <laughs> yes, it is, sister. Right. It's all or nothing, baby. It's that, all or nothing. Yeah, that's what it is. Those, those, that's what life is. Painful. I think that shirt was meant to be in my life today. So thank you. Yeah, sure thing. I, I had a feeling you'd appreciate it. But, yeah, <laughs> but I thought um, uh, when I like the headline was so funny. It was like Farrah, Farrah Abraham checks out of the treatment center, decides to become a comedian, and I'm like, honestly, that is the most um, sorry. The most I feel like that's the most typical path for you because it's it's being you you know thank it's, god <laughs> yeah and you and it's not really well it's performing you get to be a, a cool version of yourself like podcasting I'm sure you've noticed yes, is like yeah. uh it I love it um, I love that you love it <laughs> yeah oh my gosh your freaking song being this yourself is making you fit Oh, okay. hello. <laughs> Cupcake either was going to attack or play with my foot, so she's in my lap. Baby, <laughs> I want a picture oh, of yeah, her, so too, now. You, love, you that... love the song Blowin'. I know being yourself is making you famous. For some reason, maybe my body was subconsciously like, you need to attract the 12 steps. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got to say, if it wasn't for me being vocal about my feelings and my traumas this year, then who would have recommended the trauma center for me? And it's like God probably was like, no, you don't need to be silent about your struggles. Exactly, exactly. And that's like the point of my podcast is to normalize, destigmatize like mental problems that everybody has, you know? And yeah. it it shouldn't be embarrassing or something that you have to keep a secret. Yeah, and I have to say like the balance, like you have struggles, but you have strength, courage, struggles and strength courage like that's just part of you know and when I'm experiencing like I call it like bipolar day uh -huh. I'm just like okay it's struggles and it's strength like it's courage and it's working and these things have to work in order mm -hmm. for me to have a great day and I gotta say my day started out really wacky today like everything falling dropping me like just clumsy but then it was like beautiful and synergy so it just works I don't know why yeah. my dog cupcake is what just is she okay or he Cupcake, are you okay? <laughs> Cupcake, are you okay? 
She's just, she acts like there's a treat and there's not a treat, you know, she needs to 12 step, not my journey. Yes. (laughs) True. True. Oh, cup the cake. Um, that's funny. Trajectory was the word that I was searching for, but trajectory. That was that when I was talking about um, you pursuing stand up after leaving a hospital. It just like seemed like the only trajectory to to go on because you've literally you've done <laughs> everything else. You wrote a book. Oh, what I wanted to say about your music when that song came out. Well your album all of my friends are like music nerds and like you know like cool hipster people anyway they played your album at all of the ps1 warm-ups and everyone loved it like a lot like when they were when when we were like when part when back when i was like drinking and going to parties blowing was an anthem so, God is an anthem. It is an I have anthem. To say, I still play it. I don't know why, but I'm crazy about it. Because it's good as hell. Timeless. Who is this? This is billionaire. Oh my! And God. he loves his mommy. <laughs> oh my God! What? An yes, angel. and I have to say, you know what? I first started writing music to everyone. Um, I first started writing music when I was actually very depressed, and I always call it like it was my therapeutic way of like getting out whatever I wanted to get out then. And I have to say still to this day, a lot of people love all of those songs kind of when I was going through like some depressive emotions. So even if you're not trying to be a song artist or if you're just not like putting stress on you like that and music is an art, it is a therapeutic art. And Mm -hmm. I have to say through my whole entire life, I feel like I was always gravitating towards like therapeutic tools and Mm -hmm. even TV shows. I started going on like, therapy tv shows like couples therapy family boot camp i started bringing therapists on like teen mom like i was trying to find like how do i get successful how do i get out of this like dark place right i was buying all these like books like i've mentioned it like many a times like i have huge libraries of books oh no the sirens are coming to get me i don't know if you can hear it oh my gosh i hate cops oh yeah (laughs) but now i'm i actually feel safer with them (laughs) Because I've been attacked by so many people. At least Thank you, that's a that's a cool mindset to have. You know? Yeah, you know what, guys? I just gotta say this. I was hearing gunshots before I went to the center, and my PTSD was so horrific. Like I thought there was dead bodies all over, and I'd have to leave my place, like literally to another state. And then I got out of the trauma center, and I'm not recommending any of this, right? But it was a therapeutic tool for me. I got out of the trauma center, and I went and I shot my first gun at a gun range in my life. Oh so I wanted to say this, God. like my girlfriends, my girlfriends are like, Vera, I'm telling you about my trauma and now you're laughing at trauma. Like my friends called the trauma center the next day and was like, whatever you did to Farah, I, I need to figure this out. Like I got to send my son. If I can't go for work right now, I got to send my son. I might send myself. I might send my mom. And that's like what I'm saying to you is like, it is crazy. And I just bounced right back into work, like a podcast with Howie. Like I just went back to LA Yeah, that I was yeah, never going to be in LA again. So I just want to say like these miraculous ways of thinking when I was scared of things, scared of this, scared of, like, I don't know what happened y'all, but like now I can do whatever. Yeah. It's not amazing. only are you back, you are re 
rebirthed. Like this is rebirthed. It yes. is bigger than a comeback. You, oh my God. And I, I can't believe you're on my podcast. This is insane. Thank you. <laughs> Toast <laughs> up, life, baby. Love it. <laughs> anyway, I yes. did want to say something like, you know, as you mentioned, rebirth, it totally feels like that. You know, I was praying to God all day or all year, <laughs> all day. I do pray every day, but mm -hmm. I was praying all year to just feel good enough to get out of bed because of my chronic pain. You know, I went to kinesiologist, rheumatologist, everything, mm -hmm. uh, jaw doctor, you name it. Um, and I just still felt ill. Like, I don't know why. And I left that center with my arm healed because of my last attack, my like right part of my body was like totally screwed up. Couldn't use my arm. Right. Mm -hmm. I left there healed stronger than I could have, you know, wished all year. Um, no more chronic pain, sleeping like an angel, like no more medications unless they're natural for myself. Um, That's and amazing. I like the turn of events is unreal. You know, like I just prayed to just be healthy enough to get out of bed, but like right. I turned up, like I turned up a thousand levels by the end of the year. And yeah. I was feeling so strong that I could even write like a one year anniversary about my sexual assault. Like that was a blessing in and of itself because normally I would get, you know, all wound up, triggered, triggered, triggered. And I couldn't like do anything, but I just wrote it. I handled it and like I processed it. And now I love like just, you know, pen to paper, yeah. writing it out. It is yeah. just amazing therapy. And you know, it's odd because I have been baptized in my life. And before I went to the center, I had a, not a good friend, not a good friend, not a good person, not in my life anymore, but I had someone, you know, invite me up to brunch, LA brunch, you know, course, that BS. Yes. And I got to say this, she was like, well, you know, your faith, your religion that you're in, it says that you shall not have fear. So what are you fearing? And, you know, after being baptized, babe dedicating my child, you know, I have to say this. I look, like I said at the beginning, I even look at my own church better now. Right. I fully understand my church better mm -hmm. than I've ever understood my church. And when I put the church on in t on my TV, the one TV in the whole bunk at the trauma that's, center at the 12 steps. That's so funny. My I friend's going to love person, hearing that. Yeah, I was the only person <laughs> who would turn on church every Sunday there. And, uh, you know, like, um, the different counselors and therapists, everyone would hear my church mm -hmm. and they were like, wow, that is talking about this step. Like sometimes it would be the same step that we were talking about that day. Right. Right. Um, and I think when you, un like, I'm not even saying anything, but I, I mean, I'm just, the only thing that I know is like, whoa, I feel more connected with the universe yeah. than I've ever felt connected for that, me that growing up. Yeah. So it's like, for me going to church my entire life, for me watching church my entire life. And I'm still was like missing the connection that these yeah. other people are giving their 12 steps connected to the universe and understanding their faith and everything by like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's like, it's not that I'm ignorant y'all. And it's not that I don't believe in my faith, but what I will say is like, as a lady at brunch is like mentioning that to me and not even knowing what the 12 steps are, not even knowing what the heck that I am a little disconnected from. And it's yeah. like, we all can have faith. But right. like, are we truly connecting with our universe and our understanding of it and really taking it in? And after my fifth step, y'all, I was reading that I was reading the big book. 
the, you know, oh, the yeah. anonymous book, the 12 step the book. The author Bible. <laughs> yeah. And I was reading that and I could actually finally understand and connect with it. So because right. before all the fifth step stuff, I was just reading the dailies with everyone. I was just regurgitating things like, like I was just watching my church, uh-huh, but there uh-huh. was something about the connection, the let, you know, let go of your when defect. It clicks, you yeah. Know. Reading through your resentments, reading through like um, your amends, reading through those things, saying it out loud, pen to paper, doing all these modules. There was something in that, a full circle of what our human condition needs in order for us to unstick ourselves to then truly connect to our universe. And no matter what I'm watching, it doesn't even matter if I was watching church. We started turning on TV shows, uh, a wonderful lady, her name was Katie, who was there. She turned on some TV show and I'm like, this is about the 12 steps. It just was naturally attracting to me. I could Mm -hmm. see the 12 steps in every show. And I also studied show structures. I was connecting more to writing my show structures than I've ever connected. So I don't know if that answers any questions. Like some people are like, well, I believe in God. Well, me too. But I have to say, am I understanding what is being told to me in my Bible? What's being told to me in my 12 step books? Because I wasn't truly connected universally to it until I got to a certain point and I connected all of these dots while I was there. And I think that's why it's so important because you know, I do see family members who have gotten remarried, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I'm 20 years sober. Well, congratulations. But I also see them still a little bit off their 12 steps and I see like why they're so limited. So I think that's been awesome to talk about, awesome to reflect upon, Mm -hmm. awesome to be lifted up by that. And what more work I can do on myself to help my muscle memory and to just recognize how great the universe is. Yeah. The gratitude part is wonderful. It's such a good yes. tool to have when you're when you're having a whack day and you're dropping things and you're just like in a mood. Yeah. The gratitude, like practicing gratitude yeah. is it fixes it. It's a it's a cure. Yeah. It's like a pill. And I gotta say, even how grateful I am, I just love saying I don't run the show. Like I <laughs> yeah. like to just say I don't run the show. Oh. Yeah. And coming from a place of like being an actor or being a TV personality or like being like a producer or director to mm-hmm. hear me out of my mouth. Yeah. Say, I don't run the show and I'm freaking okay with that. Tough that's a pill big, to swallow. Yeah. That's like, a big deal of change. Yeah. When I, when I had to come to terms with that too, I was like, yeah, this is, I, I, I have no control, you know, I'm just going to let go. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I always projected religion and church because I always felt like it was kind of like memorizing the Pledge of Allegiance. Like you just like do a thing and it doesn't resonate with you or you, you just do it because you you think showing up is enough to like be forgiven by God. But I, I feel like, it. yeah, I feel like even with the 12 steps with AA with NA with CODA with Gamblers Anonymous any of it you don't have to have any of those you know issues but there's you still can be you will become a better person if you if you do the things it's just basically how to be a better person is what the 12 yeah. steps is and, and it's making sure and that you're and, connected to your higher power and I realize now that 
church is so much like that. Like that's what they teach. They basically just teach you how to be a good person. And I, yeah, I always, I rejected that my whole life, you know, 30 years of just like, not like not believing in God and yeah, which is, which is, yeah, it's, it's and really, I have, to say, I have to say like, you know, a lot of people at the center as well. And, you know, like, you're not the only one, a lot of people at the center as well, were like fighting that, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you got to read in your goodie box of reading, but the sermon on the Mount, the sermon on the Mount. And for those who I would say, fight like God or church or those things. The sermon on the Mount was given to many men there. And one of the guys gave me the book for like two days. And I, I read that baby. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, yeah. Cause I always have people question my faith, question who I am. They're like, well, I don't believe in God. How do you believe in God? And I was just like, you know, all I can tell you is from near death experiences, from a very young age where I thought I was in heaven after a severe car accident. Whoa. I just know what God has given me. It's not because I was brainwashed. I mean, my parents, I just want to go on the record of saying this. My parents would argue and fight so much. It was almost traumatizing to get to church for me. Okay. Right. And right. so when I go, I go because I want to, it's exactly. not because of anyone brainwashing me. It's not because of, Oh, I'm lost. And I have to say, church is lighthearted and so lighthearted. Church is so lighthearted uh -huh. that I was like, oh my God, why aren't they just saying this is a 12 steps at church? Like yeah. I got a little bit crazy when I was at the center because I was like, my whole life, they didn't really just come out with it and say, here's a 12 steps. They didn't show me these amazing sheets. No, because church is embracing everyone. They're right. so lighthearted. They're just there to lift you up it's like giving you a pat on the back mm -hmm. of like just going in the right direction. And I think, you know, like when other people are like, oh my God, that's like slapping me over the head with the Bible. I'm like, right. oh my God, I didn't, right. I wasn't even getting enough connection at church. I want more. And yeah. I think the hunger for more was the 12 steps. And that's why I'm saying now I connect better to the universe and I mm -hmm. understand my church better. I understand everyone better. I understand me better. <laughs> oh my God. I love everything you're saying so much. It's like, yeah, once you get to that place, it's it's amazing. It's it's incredible. It's so you're unstoppable. Nice. Once yeah. you get to that place, you are unstoppable. And yeah. it was incredible to me how like at peace and how happy and laugh laughable and great I came back to be at the center. And there was a gentleman who was struggling with like wanting to kill himself. And he was saying out loud, like he'd be better off dead and those things. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the therapists, you know, we have to do our check-ins, right? So you're like, Hey, I'm Farah and I'm here for, I would just say trauma and I'm feeling grateful right now. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, so I always love those check-ins. Right. And this gentleman was like, Hey, I'm blank. And I am feeling jealous because I'm jealous of how at peace Farah is. And when you start being in people's check-ins <laughs> and people want what you want and you're right in front of their face because they got to be held accountable, they got to be transparent. Uh -huh. What a gift that I could be to other people. And I just started sharing everything that I know. And, you know, a lot of them were like, well, my higher power isn't God. My higher power is myself. My higher power is a pond. My higher yeah. power is this, you know? My and higher I power. Say this. 
is going yeah. to be other people's jealousy from now on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it has been. And I didn't know that my entire life, but that's what people have been attracted to. And I have to say, in whatever way, if that means people are wanting to attack me because of my goodness, if that means people are jealous because I'm making them go to church yeah. because they want what I have, or if I'm having them listen to this podcast now because they want what I have, uh-huh. I just want to say like, I am grateful that I've even had that opportunity to align someone with the universe that like life doesn't happen to them. Life happens for them. Uh, and I just want another to get, good one. <laughs> I want to get them connected. And I am just so grateful to be that, that little person for that. Oh, I love that so much. There's a little saying they say in the rooms. It's like, take what you need and then leave the rest. Like, I I feel like you'll always get something from each of the, all of it. It's just, it's so beautiful. It's so nice. There's something else I was going to say and I forgot because I I got caught up with your talking about getting to (laughs) the level where the, where you're in tune with the universe. It really is so incredible. It's, it's divine, you know, it is divine. divine, baby. Um, oh yes. You mentioned you take a show structure class. Is that what oh, you... so I actually know show structures. So can you tell me what that is? That sounds so oh fascinating. My gosh. So yeah, being a writer, you get to write Bibles, show Bibles. You're going to have to understand whether it's like a four camera, two camera, 30 minutes, an hour Whoa. series feature. So those are all structures. Um, whether it's drama and et cetera, et cetera. So those are things that I'm always watching. But now that the 12 steps came into my brain, uh-huh. I am so much more connected with my writing and my work. I mean, guys, it feels like I can work again. And I thought I could never work again ever because oh. my brain was scrambled because of this assault. So I'm just going to say so that inspiring. I can never say how grateful and how much love I'm filled with, um, how much gratitude I'm just so grateful for because of these 12 steps, like getting back to work in a better capacity is mind blowing and saves me time, stress, energy, everything. Being able to write again, my God. Yeah, for real. That is a huge <laughs> one, a huge, huge, huge one. How how are you feeling when you are working on your first book? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I wish I had the 12 steps for my first book. <laughs> um, but I have to say when I was working on my first book again, just like the music, it was so therapeutic for me to put my pen to the paper, to write, to journal. And I did that out of my own brain made me do it. It's not that I had a book deal in mind, but after I was writing for so long and I was getting clarity and I was feeling good and I was feeling uh-huh. like content with myself, like I was on fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, I walked right into a building And I did book one of the biggest publishers in the world for my first book. And I opened up the door, not only for myself to do a book publishing deal, but every other teen mom as well that I was on the show with that came after me. And I want, like, I say that as well in this synchronization of, I made that happen because I spoke up and I used my voice and I wrote things down. That's why there's a power of the pen. You write Mm -hmm. it, it happens. And I forgot that, I guess, you know, I was even looking back at my twenties. I'm like, how did that happen? How did that happen? I got so disconnected 
from regulation and just lost um, as after this assault when I was 29, that I was just like, who was I? How did I get there? Like, I have never been so disconnected from myself. And now that I've found that again, I'm like, yeah, I'm writing this down. I'm just making it happen. Uh But the whole like assault thing, you know what? It's like I had to start writing again. And I went in and I reported it and I did the right thing. And it didn't also just help me. It wasn't a selfless act to go do the right thing and act on my rights. Mm -hmm. It was a very unselfish act to out myself, but also say goodbye to all of my friends connected my whole life that it seemed like at the time. But also it helps, like, I guess, um, from what I realized on this podcast recently, I was on, it helped eight other women that I know of right now. It probably could have helped 20 more women. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm helping just one woman to, to report, make a report of an assault. It's, yeah. it's huge. You but know? do you like, but do you see how it's like, I am doing the 12 steps. I am holding someone accountable. I am trying to, you know, love and kindness, everything, and also find the next action of faith and work at hand and like be more progressive and positive. And I think, no matter what our lives are just trying to get us in sync and in synergy with the 12 steps that are going on in our universe, no matter what, with Mm -hmm. or without us knowing. And it's either like, are we going to get in synergy with this? Are we going to connect to it and not lose our connection? Because if you do, you will be, you will be spinning. You will be spiraling. And you're like, where's myself? Where's my life? But you can always return to the 12 steps, like any um, AA, NA meeting, like it's always there for you, which I, ju- I think is kind of godlike, you know? Yeah. Like it's always going to be there for you on Zoom. Just it's, I, that is a big part of my higher power. It's just really nice knowing that there are other people who want you to be better and, you know, not, at your worst, you know? You and want to know something weird? Because you're like, like people want goodness for us, right? I must have been paying for three apps, paying memberships, okay? For daily affirmations for about anxiety, depression, loss. I have that struggles, app right? Okay, so you want, to know <laughs> very, you want to know something very weird of my perspective change? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like these, these apps, they were pinging my phone like 20 times a day because I set them to get me happy 20 times a day, check in, right? And read it and feel the goodness, right? Be empowered. God, I love them. Love after But yeah, them. you want to know something? I was still ruminating and I still wanted to kill myself. When I got out of the 12-step program and I started getting my pings again, I started being able to look at my phone because my phone was locked away for like 28 days. Yeah. And now when I saw those daily affirmations, now when I saw that they had such a different meaning. It was like the connection of the big book was written on these little apps. And it was like, these little pings were like reflection. Like it was just, again, like I get to have more connection with the things I was looking at no matter what beforehand. But now it's not a negative. I am totally positive. I'm totally cool with it. I totally understand it. I actually don't resent that I pay for it now. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm like, that shit didn't help me before. So it's not going to help me now. No, I actually got another app on top of that app. Nice. And it's actually the women's daily read. There was a women's daily book in the women's bunk. And the men had a daily read as well. And it has a 12 step principles within that daily book. 
um, but they have an app. So I downloaded that app and that comes up in the morning for me for my morning read and reflection. And, uh, you know, I just, again, things are so much easier now. Love the rituals. It's also just so beautiful to assign meaning and intention to everything. Like I, I try not to do anything without intention. I, I, I feel like life is so much richer when there's meaning and yeah, intention behind things. And that's a new mindset that I, that I'm developing while I'm doing the 12 steps. It's like- The intention is everything. Yeah, yeah. Like instead of letting life happen to me, I want to, I want to live with intent. You know, it's, it's empowering for sure. Yeah, I love that for you. I don't know if you also heard about. It's called Imago. It's like um, a way of conversation um, and really like hearing one another. I learned that at the center, and basically, it's like, hey, I want to check in. And when you talk to the person, they have to repeat it. So it's heard and they're like, is that right? Did I get that right? And then you're like, yes. And so the imago. I'm writing that down right now. That sounds incredible. And like something I need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Life changing, really. For your parents, your other, your circles of attachment. like all of it <laughs> yeah so imago i believe um it's not right in front of me right now but it's imago and if you google that with like couples communication therapy imago couples communication therapy it should pop right up for you and i could also send you the link yeah um, please do. so i so in our therapy session the intention right was to communicate better to get prepared to go out into the real world not have your family's circles and attachments screw you up, get you stuck, uh, not support you, right? Because when people get out, no one else around them knows how much they changed. So they revert, like they just go, like their brains just revert back to like the old self. They don't understand the change. Uh-huh. And I saw that so much when I was there on the call with my therapist doing this communication training. But then also, have you know, first you compliment someone and then you're also... Uh, doing like a challenge or a challenging thought to work on. And it was kind of funny because the thing to compliment me on, the family member actually kind of um, didn't compliment me. They kind of said something negative. And it was also about, I, yeah. And it was also about not talking about my trauma anymore. Oh, And the reason, you know, the reason why I'm there, the reason why I'm there at the center, you don't want me to talk about, right? Well, this, this in line is why all of us, hold our traumas in because we don't talk about them. Uh We stay stuck. So it just kind of had me recognize that that was not a good seed in my sphere and in my family. And I know that that's not my journey anymore. And I don't really want that a part of my journey anymore. And I also gave them, yeah. And I also gave them the big book when I got out. That's really difficult to do, you know? You know what? But it's all about the therapy and it's all about the intention. So what I also realized is, one family member was excelling at it. They showed their appreciation. Then they showed like the challenging thing to work on together. Mm-hmm. They were game. The other person was crying, not game, kind of was like all over, which is fine. But you have two polar opposites in front of you. And that just helped me understand and see the 12 steps at work and the therapy we worked on challenging these beliefs. 
And we made progress though. No matter what, they heard me and we made progress. They know where I stand. I know where they stand and I am blessed for that. Oh, that's and also it's, and I also tried to like say this to other family members and like kind of tell them what was going on. You know what they heard? And this is also something that you can recognize in your groups. When someone says, oh, therapists, they always, you know, try to get other information from other family members. And then in turn, it's like they turn people against each other. Well, the funnier thing was my therapist was just there, just present to make sure that this Imago, like a communication system was put in place. She did not call them ahead of time. They didn't even know how to use Zoom, right? So she had never been on the phone with them before. She wasn't so it was like a she surprise was... Imago intervention. Well, I had been trained. They had not, but they're not okay. paying to be at the center. Yes, and yes. so, you know, it's either gravitate towards goodness or be rejected, I guess. But yeah. I have to say, like my therapist knew, like I 12-stepped it. I did it all the way. I did not come to play around. I had the intention of making work in progress around me, for me, for my family. Cause I love them and I care about them and I want them to be a part, but if they don't want you, that's awesome too. There's nothing you can do to make them. That's awesome too, to. you know? Some people just sit, you know, and are like, well, I it's been such a struggle, it's such a weight on me. I'm gonna just feel like, like my self-worth is down. And I felt like that after my assault and I don't wanna stay down there. I wanted to get back up to where I know who I am, what I am and my worth. And mm -hmm. no one's going to take that away from me. So yeah. I just hope that for others in my family. But yeah, so when you see others bashing the therapist who is not there for any other reason, but to help everyone connect better, that's yeah. when I also know they need to 12 step that. Yeah, yeah. Also, therapy is great. People who are like, I don't need therapy. Yes, you do. Everyone needs some form of therapy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or like a hobby or something, my God. <laughs> but, but um, oh, Imago, that sounds so, like a really amazing exercise. I've never seen couples therapy, but was there any iteration of that on that TV show? Or what, what did that look like? Did you learn anything from that show? Okay, so what I learned from couples therapy is I was dating the wrong person. That person left me yes. even before the show started. And I was very like, and they were like saying I was lying. It was like a whole thing in the news. Cool. I didn't even know how to even talk in the therapy group. I started crying, like cry whispering because I was just so devastated. And I didn't know how to voice what I attracted to myself at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And people just like were so conflicted about me, but it's like, what the, I, I couldn't even express why it was happening to me, mm -hmm. but I loved being there so much. And I got to stay for the full couple's therapy and I got to see, you know, tried and true things of what people fight and argue and will ruin relationships. I also did family boot camp of therapy and that was trauma family therapy. And I got to say, I finally broke like my trauma bonds and everything else when I was at the trauma center uh with the 12 steps not the actual trauma therapy that i did on tv on with tv right, right right and i have to say there was steps you know little baby steps i made but not you know like it's more like for those shows it was i i guess more visual right so we're mm -hmm. like hammering in walls at houses like just throwing things and getting out your anger right 
and, entertainment. Uh, I think that's all, yeah. And I think that's all therapeutic. I definitely felt good after that. I also had like bricks put on me in a pool and I can't swim. It's like to just let oh. things go. But mm-hmm. how do I like, Brown. yeah, I know. Yeah. I know how that physically <laughs> feels, but, but all the work, all the work is inside. It's not outside of me. So on the inside, I really need to have someone who helps me on the inside, not the external, because that's not really like changing my perspective. It's just like, well, I feel that and I don't like that. And it helped me get closer and closer. But again, I always just like thought when I was in the trauma 12 step program, I was like, I really felt that everything in my life has brought me to this very point. No matter what, I just felt like I was at some point in my life going to be at like a recovery center and learning the 12 steps. So like, that's what I know. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And you can be grateful for all of these tragic, traumatic things that have happened to you because they led you to where you are now. It's, it's so, it's so beautiful. It's great. And I know, and I know this, sometimes things happen and happen and happen and happen Mm -hmm. because we're not connecting with learning the lesson within ourselves of again, putting down the perfection addiction. We don't need to grab substances. That's just like a thing from the condition with inside that we haven't mm-hmm. healed from. And I know that I am one to not like rest on my laurels. My middle name is Laurel. And I have to say, wow, it's just like unbusy my head that got me to write it down, to listen to myself, to again, really reflect and understand I had been repeating myself so many times and kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And it's like, it's not that I'm not a listener, but it's like, whoa, I finally realized I had ADD and I was born with it. Mm -hmm. I finally realized a lot of the things that no one took time to talk to me about. And you know what? Sometimes people just like to keep you in a certain space not giving you even time to even know what you're doing wrong. Oh, oh, I know. I know all about that. Yeah. Yes. All (laughs) of us do. All of us do. And I'm not saying anything new. I'm saying everything that we agree with that we're living through, but to just give myself the gift of silence, of peace. So I could understand how I was repeating myself. I will never in my future repeat myself ever again like that when you when you realize when you notice yourself repeating yourself it's it feels so bad it's yeah it's it's deep embarrassment and shame like you're embarrassed for yourself it's yeah it's unlike any other form of of embarrassment you know you know what though I don't know if I was actually embarrassed I was just actually very grateful right right yes again, like the gift that you've given yourself to hear yourself. Uh Um, And I was also just grateful. Like I was on the phone with someone, like I'm on the phone with you to have someone else to have knowledge, to understand and not really judge me at all. Again, it's about releasing those character defects going into the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th step. Uh It's beautiful. It's meditation. It's like, you're a whole new world. You're a whole new person reborn, as you said. And, but what I did reflect on was that, oh my gosh, me talking in groups, the way I was talking before, I did not realize this. Whoa. 
And oh, yeah. when I started seeing new people who came to the center in our groups and they, you know, were talking like the old me, I had to have grace for them because they did not know. And maybe they weren't ready to know yet. But what I did say nicely to some people as they repeated their stuck points and as they repeated some things, uh-huh. I was like, I really can't wait for you to write some things down for your fifth step because you're no longer going to repeat yourself. You're no longer going to be stuck. And I go, I see so much of me and you. And I Uh think like, you really have to see that. Like we are all God's children, no matter if we weren't to blame or we are to blame, we are all God's children. And I really look at our criminal justice systems differently. I really look at a lot of mental illnesses that attacked me this year differently. And it's not that I did not know that some of those people had deeper things internally to go work out with, but a lot of them might not ever see the day of 12 steps. They might not ever get the chance to go to a trauma. Most, most people, honestly, you know, it's, it's sad people have me. a really hard time admitting that they need help. You know, you want to know something? I had a hard time to the point where like you just heard me say, I finally realized like at what 28, 29, I had ADD and I was like, I don't know about that stuff, Mm -hmm. but then obviously it got so horrific. Yeah, I have it. Like, give me something to help myself. Let me figure this out. But I also remember vividly, um, on my 16 and pregnant episode on MTV with my fans, like my supporters, when we first started everything on my show, Mm -hmm. there was a scene online that was me like being so angry at my dad in the car. And I was in my cheerleading outfit. I was late to something, whatever, but that memory kept hitting my head when I was at the trauma center. And I want you to know, like the reason why you're being triggered with old memories that come up so vivid, like hit you in your head is Uh because that is your brain trying to trigger you to understand what your stuck point was, what your blind spot was, Uh you're woke now, you see it now. There's no lies. There's no perspective. That's going to be even greater than the synergy connected to the universe. And I just, I actually talked to my dad after I left the center and I brought up that scene. And I said, dad, if I would have known what ADD was, I didn't even know I had it at the time. I wouldn't have judged you so harshly. I wouldn't have made fun of your hearing loss. I wouldn't have made fun of your PTSD. I wouldn't have argued with you because I know like your trigger and your PTSD and your trauma that affected you causes you to act like that in a car. Right. But I didn't know that because I was not, I ha- I don't know. Children aren't. We don't, we don't learn empathy in childhood. You know, it's yeah, it's a new but thing. Children, yeah, but children and even adults, they still don't understand what PTSD looks like. They still don't understand mm-hmm. what disorders look like. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us were never assessed for disorders. So I want to oh, tell yeah. you one thing. Before I was at the trauma center, ladies and gentlemen, there was something about me not sleeping, not eating, not nothing. I fought so hard to the point of getting my daughter assessed for any disorders. Like this is right before I came in there, not even caring about myself, just my daughter. Like they had to fire the teacher. They had to replace her with five other teachers. They added on an executive functioning therapy uh, class for my child and two tutors because, because all of this fighting I held strong as a parent. And I'm like, if I have it, I know her dad had it. And my God, she's been struggling at the end of the year. This teacher still didn't organize and schedule her assessments. And then she wanted to almost try to get my child kicked out of the school. So I wanted to just say this as a mama bear, when you feel 
something not only for someone else. We all need to fight hard for our own selves and change the, I don't know, break the cycle, if you will, like I have in my life. Break the cycle not only for my generation, but others, because my child did not deserve any struggles in school. And right. I think, again, why I say the 12 steps in school, because people, teachers, will be held more accountable for taking care of others, yeah. caring about conditions. And I think in general- And paying attention also, to, to people, yeah. picking up on, on how yes. they're struggling or feeling. And that's so yeah. important, you know? And acting is good for that. You know, acting class is also good for that. That's why I think I gravitated again cool. towards the arts of acting. Uh-huh. It's so therapeutic. It's so, it's like being very specific. Um, but again, that helps everyone, no matter if you have a disorder or not. Yeah. Wow. Acting. Yeah. I guess you have to like access every single emotion. You have to get yourself there somehow. Yeah. It's nice. That's interesting. Um, Getting an ADHD diagnosis late in life, I think I was 27, was the best thing that's ever happened to me. I was like, finally, finally, I like understand why I have been struggling because my parents also were like, no therapy, no medicine, like you're, you're, you're lazy, you know, all the things people say about people with ADHD. Like, yeah. Can you imagine, can you imagine how that hurts you over time? Yeah, no, I, yeah. Imagine if I was treated, like if you and I were treated for ADHD, like what, like during our teens, you know, or like way early on, it's like, or even in elementary school. Like, but it's a way different world. And I get yeah. the blessing of seeing that for my child. But I had to fight hard for that. And uh, that's why I know, like, some people, like, because of, like, you know, even the teacher had ADD. And she's like, well, my mom never took care of it. Well, you know what? I had to say to that teacher, no matter if you took all the medication and nothing's working for you, that's awesome for you. But you're not going to treat my daughter, make her life hell in school, my daughter started getting depression and anxiety because of this. My oh. daughter started becoming not the Sophia that I love and I know. My daughter start, st- started canceling all activities. And that's when you know, like, that's not okay for school teachers to implode on our students, on our children. And that's where the shame, Jesus the perfe- Christ. yeah, the shame, the perfection addiction that eats you up, me up, what's wrong with us, we're lazy, we're this, we're that. No, we're amazing people. And I just know this, maybe the reason why my family didn't want to go to the doctor ever was because it is actually harder for some to take care of themselves, to live healthier, to understand who they are. Some people don't want to understand who they are. You know, like God bless us, I've seen a whole life cycle. You know, my great grandfather who I love, like, was like raved about him, uh, you know, grandpa's girl, like the whole thing. But you know what? I had a respect when he said he just wanted to die because what else was there to live? He never got diagnosed for anything, you know? And my family has undiagnosed bipolar disorder in it. Well, now I know why. And I also heard so much of that at the trauma center. It made me woke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just think to myself, I respect my family and their choices, but I don't have to do that for my child. I don't have to do that for myself. And I want to know more about me because the more I know about me, look how much happier I am. I don't feel stuck. I feel like there's more to do with my family. I feel like there's a new career path. And Mm -hmm. a lot of my family members in their lives of me watching them, 
they got very, very disheartened, very depressed when they were done with their jobs. It was like they lost themselves. You know why? Because they gave everything into their identity to their job. Yeah. And that is not, yeah. And that is not what we do in the 12 steps. I just got to say though, if I wasn't blessed for the family that I was born in, I would not probably have found the 12 steps as soon as I did. Mm -hmm. I would not have, you know, around 28, 27, like you were saying, been like, what is wrong with me? Maybe I do have ADHD. Maybe I do have this. Yeah. There is a blessing in disguise maybe about that. But when I read a book that my therapist gave me, cause she's like, Farah, I know you're struggling about taking the medicine. I know it's like, Oh my God, it's a hassle. You have to take a medication every day. Like ladies and gentlemen, I wasn't even having sex anymore. Cause I just didn't want to deal with contraception anymore. Like that's how I guess lazy I got, but, mm-hmm. uh, I was just like, okay, I'm going to read the book. When I read that book, I was raving to her in emails before our next session. And I thanked her because I was like, wow, I was unhooked on phonics growing up. I was mm-hmm. wetting and peeing the bed at very older ages than most. I w- felt like I was a late bloomer. I had jaw problems like none other, you know? And all the women in this book said that. And I was just like, I am not crazy. I am not this, like the black sheep of the family. Like I was born the way I was born. And there's millions of other people like this. Yes. So, yes. Wait, what book are you referring to? I, I missed um, that. I'm sorry. You know what? I would have to uh, send it to you because it's on my Kindle. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. I'll put it in the uh, podcast description. Notes. Oh, yeah. And I hope, you know, women on Audible or on Kindle, like if you just look up like ADHD, it's actually one of the books that like pops up right away. Mm-hmm. So, but I actually ended up reading like 10 ADD, ADHD books. Like <laughs> I showed you at the beginning of our talk, the teenage book guide that I got for my daughter, ADD at the Amen's clinic, the one that does the brain activity scans. Mm-hmm. Again, I highly recommend these books over any of the other ones. And the reason being is because it shows you the supplements. Yeah. Um, I want to show you some books that I have Yes, uh, that I don't have a teenager or a child, but I use yes. these for me. So this is a book that's for teen girls, how to win friends and influence people. The The title is misleading. It's basically how to like listen to people, Imago pretty much, but um, good. It's set up really well. And also something as easy as the anger management workbook for kids. Like it's just simple. I keep seeing this. I keep seeing this. So what do you love about this? It's they just like step by step, you figure out what your anger feels like, what it looks like. And then you learn that it's not just anger, there are other words to describe it, like frustration or... um... Don't you feel this? Don't you feel this? So when we talk about resentments and when we write down our resentments every day on our nightlies for the 12 steps, when you figure out where your resentment comes through, that's where anger riles up and frustration. So that Mm -hmm. that, that nips that in a butt. I think I read this in how to win friends and influence people for teen girls that you can either react negatively with emotion or you can respond positively with thought, you know, and like put more positivity into the world rather than adding the negativity onto someone else's negativity, you know? It's kind of like how, how you are breaking the cycle with 
with your daughter, it's you want to add positivity to the world. And also, I want to say that I applaud you for not only parenting your daughter, but learning how to self-parent at the same time. That is intense. That is wild. It's action into action. Faith without works is dead. You know, it is every day, ladies and gentlemen, of the 12 steps and applying it. Yeah, like even if you hadn't written a book or produced an album or been on these TV shows or had a podcast or did stand-up comedy, just, just that is more than so many people would do. Like it's so I huge. That is, that's so major. I respect and admire you so much I for, for simply that. that. That is beautiful and great. And you should be so proud of just that. Like, yeah, and I'm grateful to even, you know, share that with you and everyone. I, I never would have imagined coming from Iowa and like living the life that I live today. It is literally mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You put me in such a good mood, Sarah. Good. <laughs> you, you, you're good adding mood. positivity and it spreads. Your light is contagious. And I'm so excited for people to listen to this oh my god i'm excited too <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i'll i get to an exercise in humiliation in the way you talk i have to edit the podcast and hear everything that i said every time i interrupted you every time i made something about me i wanted you to know i don't care if you interrupted me i don't care about any of that because I love just like having good combo, you know? Yeah, same, same. And yeah. we can blame it on the ADHD too. So. <laughs> any day, any day. <laughs> it's our right, it's your right, mm -hmm. and totally can't. But again, that's not anything that I, again, you don't have to be perfect. And I love you for who you are. And again, imperfection is everything mm -hmm. because that's just the goodness of who we are. So I love everything. Do you want to try out a joke? Okay. What kind of joke? Uh, I don't know. Pretend that you're at open mic right now. And you oh, get like mic. a, or, you know, just like a, like a one minute be funny session. Improv. <laughs> okay. okay. What, what is like an improv exercise that someone would give to you? Oh, okay. So improv, definitely improv is not like stand-up comedy. Improv, right. I can use anything in the room. We're going to talk about anything in the room. So I'd be like, you know, it's really funny that we're on a podcast and we're describing and we're talking about things, but I can't even describe your artwork that's in the back that looks like scribble work. Like, what is that? It's <laughs> abstract art, Sarah. Abstract is the 12 steps in that art? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you look for it, there's meaning there for you. <laughs> if I look for it. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever, <laughs> it's whatever it conveys to you. But actually, no, it's, um, I'm gonna keep it's supposed to be the, the Ben and Jerry's cows. You can kind of see the oh. one. My friend, Andy Miro, made that for me. Um, he's an artist. He was actually okay. on the podcast, too. He has a kid, too. I love that. You're getting super serious about it, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> you made a joke and it went over my head because I'm not emotionally intelligent.